today on CityCast Denver. It's no secret, our air quality sucks. No, literally, it's not a secret. We've been talking about this for a long time, and I probably introduced our last show on the topic the same way. Because the thing is, our air quality still sucks. And CPR climate reporter Sam Brash is on the show today to talk about some new rules the EPA is placing on Denver because we can't seem to get our act together. Plus, Sam's going to answer my really pressing question. Can I turn on my swamp cooler this summer? I'm not optimistic. Today is Monday, April 18th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Sam Brash, welcome to CityCast Denver. Glad to be here. So first of all, we're talking air quality. How has the air quality felt to you lately? Oof, lately it's been great. I mean, springtime is beautiful. We can see the mountains, we can breathe the air without worrying too much about it. It's been great, but like definitely in the back of my head, I know it's summer (laughs) is coming. And as you know, I mean, the last two years have been absolutely dreadful, like to the point where I'm doing workouts in my living room, right? Yes. As opposed to playing outs. I just feel like I grew up here too. And it, it's like nothing it's I can remember. counterintuitive too to our outdoorsy yeah. nature, you know? Um, and so I want to talk to you because the big news this week that you broke is that the EPA, quote, downgraded the front range from mm-hmm. being a serious violator of federal ozone standards to severe. Mm-hmm. It's a little confusing, the downgraded aspect of that. I'm assuming (laughs) that that means it's bad, right? Yeah, I've gotten this on Twitter too. And they're like, shouldn't it be an upgrade if you're going from worse to even worse? I'm like, well, no, if you like give somebody a C and then give them an F, that's not an upgrade. You could say reclassify. Here's what actually happened, right? And I think this is even more confusing. So the EPA has these categories uh, of what level of ozone violator you are. But that's not actually saying, hey, here's how bad the ozone is in this particular metro area. What it's saying is that this particular metro area has repeatedly missed deadlines to bring its ozone below uh, a health-based threshold set by the government. So we've repeatedly failed to improve our ozone. And for that reason, we've gone from a serious violator to a severe violator because we can't just get our act together. That's a huge bummer. (laughs) Like, we know it's bad. We know it's bad. And it keeps getting worse. So did that news surprise you? I mean, you're someone that covers this. No. In in fact, this is something that pretty much everybody expected. uh, And that's because the writing's been on the wall in terms of how bad our ozone is. We can see it based on air quality monitoring. And everybody expected the EPA to look at the same stuff and say, the data shows the ozone's bad. We're going to downgrade you. Right now, in fact, environmental groups sued the EPA to make that happen. So this is widely anticipated. Wow. So I'm trying to put this in a context for folks to really understand how this impacts us on an everyday level. Like, you know, we were just talking about summers really being bad. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about last summer when the air quality was so bad, like we couldn't turn on our swamp cooler because it pulled air in from outside to cool it. And the air quality was so bad, we couldn't pull the air in. So we were just in a hot house with the windows and doors closed. What, like, what is this, what is this new news? How is this impacting us coming up in the summertime? Well, I think there's like two ways to think about it, right? One way is to start with 
the air quality itself. Um, ozone is a serious pollutant, and it's the one we talk about a lot because it's really well regulated. There's other pollutants out there. But just to give you like some perspective on how bad ozone is, just think of it as like a lung irritant. You're breathing in something that your lungs don't like. The result is we get more people developing asthma, more asthma attacks, more heart conditions, and uh, a lot more excess deaths. So if you look nationwide, the University of Washington did this, they, they think that 12,000 people, additional people die every year just because of ozone pollution. Uh, more than 800 people in Colorado die every year just because of ozone pollution. Wow. So there's a pretty serious impact to people yeah. if you're breathing ozone um, that we experience every day, but it's it's this like silent killer, right? You can't right. quite see it kill somebody, but when you do all this complicated math, it becomes evident that it is. And I think that climate activists would argue like these are preventable deaths. I won't. I don't think it's just climate activists. These are doctors Fair. at like National Jewish Health who, you know, these are preventable deaths. And if you want to get into climate, this is another really nerdy but fascinating thing about ozone for me. Uh, ozone doesn't just bother our lungs; it bothers plants' lungs. It mm. makes it harder for them to do their job to suck carbon out of the atmosphere. And so you can actually go to NCAR and see they've planted specific plants that are really sensitive to this and their leaves brown when they're exposed to ozone. So they have a harder time sucking carbon out of the atmosphere. And that means ozone is making climate change worse too. So we can't, I mean, we can't depend on plants to save us if plants don't even yeah, can't. If, if we're poisoning them all the time. Yeah. yeah. And you said NCAR and that's the National Center for Atmospheric Research, that's right? right? Okay. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade. Hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Um, so I guess then the question is like, what can we do as people? Should we be changing our habits in some way? Like, I mean, is this about like single occupant car drivers, Sam? Uh, <laughs> sure. I think, okay, if we're going to talk about individual actions, like let's do it because this is the way the state has often approached it, right? Have you ever seen those signs on the highways that are like, ozone action alert day? Yes. Right? While I'm driving my car by that sign? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> seen it. You've seen it. Um, what that is, is that when the state thinks that ozone levels are going to go above these EPA standards in a given day, they ask you to do certain things like carpool and not run a lawnmower. And, you know, that does make a di big difference. Um, you know, lawnmowers, especially any two stroke gas motor burns uh, gas and oil simultaneously, which is just like a it's just like an ozone machine. Right. Like you're creating so many ozone precursors. So get an electric lawnmower. That's a that's a great way to make a big impact. Sure, carpool, get on the bus. Um, that's a great way to make a big impact. But I really think that the continued failure of Colorado to bring down its ozone level shows that these demands for individual action 
haven't really been working, right? Yeah. You can say the same thing about climate change. We can all worry about our individual, individual carbon footprint, right. but that hasn't really made much of a difference. Um, you know, real big action on ozone pollution is probably going to take some pretty considerable efforts at the state level and the policy level, and and not just in Colorado, probably around the country and around the world. So it, while we can do our fair share as much as we can as individuals, it's more uh, industry level things yeah. that could be impacted by policy, large companies and things like that. Exactly. Um, so with the new severe downgrading by the EPA, how are we going to feel effects from that specific change, like as people in this city? Yeah. Well, there's, there's two big ones. And I think let's start with the one that more affects individuals, uh, people who drive cars like I, I do. Um, but uh, it triggers a requirement for what's called reformulated gasoline. It's basically cleaner burning gasoline. Um, and it's more expensive. So we ran some numbers uh, through the Department of Energy. And it appears to show that over the last 12 months, this reformulated gasoline uh, at the lowest, you know, regular grade, what most people buy, is about 35 cents more expensive. In the month of March, it was about 50 yeah, was cents say, more expensive Gas prices per are gallon. pretty bananas right now already. They're already pretty, pretty high up there. Um, and an important thing with that is like, this is now in effect if this downgrade is finalized, but given the way the rules all work out, that requirement probably won't go into place until 2024. So it's not like you're gonna drive up to the gas pump tomorrow and it's like, oh, they're so much more expensive. The The reason is not the EPA, you know. That's not why gas prices are not, going up not right yet, now. Not yet, could be in, in a little bit. Um, the other thing is like even more wonky, I'm sorry to say, but <laughs> essentially what it says is that more businesses need to get state level air pollution permits. And these permits are how the state says, hey, you need to monitor for pollution. You need to install this scrubber to control pollution. Uh, that all gets piled into a pollution permit, and that's how they hold companies accountable. We talked to the Air Pollution Control Division, and they expect that this downgrade means that about 470 pollution sources will need to get new permits. And just talking to air regulators around the state, that probably includes like asphalt plants, that includes um, breweries, potentially, in some cases. And I'm working on getting the list of all those businesses. Yeah, I don't because have it's not just those two. Yeah, yeah, but it's probably like a lot of oil and gas operations. Right. We're gonna, are going to have to deal with a lot more regulations, a lot more scrutiny from the state to see how much ozone ingredients are they putting into the air? How can we bring those down? And that kind of like rolls into my next question, which is we hear a lot about Suncor, the oil refinery in Globeville that's been in hot water over its pollution issues. Mm -hmm. Like, is is something like a Suncor going to be impacted by this? Are they going to be seeing those regulations? So Suncor is in the category of companies that already has to get these permits to uh, bring down its ozone pollution. It's, it's one of the biggest <laughs> ozone sources in the state. Um, so it's already regulated. It won't face additional regulations because mm -hmm. of this. Um, the Suncor permit process is a whole other thing that's going on, and there, there's a crackdown happening with that. One thing that I think is interesting, if we want to talk about Suncor in this decision, is that reformulated gasoline, it would need to be made at Suncor, right? They would have to revamp their operations to create this cleaner burning gasolines. And I, and I wrote the company and said, hey, are you, are you doing this? Are you working on it? And they told me that they will actually be ready to go to sell that stuff uh, not this summer, but next summer. 
So that that creates some questions for me. The state's saying we're going to be ready for this in 2024. Suncor is actually saying we could be ready for it by 2023. Sooner. Huh. So I don't really get that, but I love this cleaner burning gasoline idea yeah. as if like that's like the solution. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's here's a the thing: solution. it works. It works, right? Like California, it's harm reduction. California is the place where like all these ozone restrictions exist, and they've done studies on this cleaner burning gasoline, and and it helps. I think kind of where I go with it is like, if this stuff does work, like why isn't it already required? Yeah, you know, like, like we know these things. Yeah, the other bizarre thing, if we want to talk about what happened on Tuesday with gasoline. Did you see that Biden also allowed the sale of E15 ethanol? No. Through the EPA? So in the same day that his EPA, you know, cracked down on Denver's ozone pollution, as well as another as metro areas, yeah. which we haven't talked about, he allowed the sale of E15 gasoline, which is banned in the summer just because it creates so much ozone. Right? What? So... It seems to me, and this is, you know, I'm not like sourced up in the Biden administration. I don't know what's going on in the White House. <laughs> but it seems like what's going on is they're, they're making this long-term play and saying, we're going to get serious about ozone in the long term. But right now, people are worried about gasoline. And so we're going to let gas stations sell this dirtier form of gas. Oh. But to your bigger point, like, yeah, I, a big way to tackle ozone would be people driving less. People driving yeah. less. You heard it here first from me, single <laughs> occupant car driver. Driving less would help. It really would. So I guess we've kind of talked about the long-term effects, but like this change now that the EPA is requiring, will this like affect our air quality in the long run? Like, Or even just in three months from now, I'm thinking about the summertime. What are we looking at? Three months from now, I think we could be in a very similar place to last summer. Yeah. And I wouldn't expect anything different. I think you could see a lot of wildfire smoke coming in from California and Oregon and Washington. I mean, the drought conditions out there are serious, and that probably means more wildfires are happening. Um, the sort of regulatory enforcement we're talking about, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while. Yeah. Um, I don't think this decision will give anybody relief within the next few months. Uh, the summer is going to be the summer and it's probably going to have pretty gonna rough be miserable air again. Probably. We don't know, but yeah. Ugh. Well, Sam, thank you so much for, for breaking down this complicated topic. Sure. Hope it helped. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Peyton has rounded up a bunch of hot takes about Denver, like the 16th Street Mall is actually good. Check it out at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Am I recording? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I figured I'd ask. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. Okay.